Good to be back. Good to see faces, the community, the people that we love. So thank you for these people that you've given us that make up this body. And thank you for all your goodness in all things. Thank you for your sovereign control. And through all of this, we've been able to live with a non-anxious presence, knowing that you've got it, that you've got our lives, that you've got our soul. Um, so we thank you for the reality of who you are. And we pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. And you may be seated. And we're going to uh, do something, I mean, for people who are online. So welcome to those of you. But it's also for us if you want to join in this. Uh, I hadn't thought totally how this would work. But, you know, this whole service is worship. We worship in song. We worship by listening to the word. We worship... God, by greeting and loving each other, we worship in our giving. And so, we have been doing online a generosity moment, and we're going to continue that for a while, um, rather than take up the offering. And just want to, to read the, the liturgy that we've been using for that. And if, I just want to remind us that Jesus said that it is more blessed to give than to receive, and that the Bible teaches that, that contentment with godliness is great gain and that we bring nothing into this world and we take nothing out. And that we who call Jesus Lord, we devote ourselves to resisting greed, which plunges the human heart into ruin and pierces it with many griefs. We are determined to, f to practice generosity at 12th with free hearts, fixing our hope on God and not on the uncertainty of wealth. We desire here to be rich in good deeds and willing to share all that we have, laying up for ourselves treasure in heaven, treasure that will not decay, cannot be broken into and stolen from, but will shine in the age to come. And so in light of God's overwhelming generosity to us, we're now going to take a moment to give. And online, what that looks like, there's, it's getting on the webpage, or I'm not sure what you're looking at right now. You're probably watching through YouTube Live, I think. But you get on the church webpage and click on the give, the give button and do that. If you are here, we've got baskets in the back. Some of you gave on the way in. You are free to give on the way out. But if you would like to in this minute to, to get up and go do that, you can. But let's take a moment um, as Robert just plays some music. And if you... You know, you've given already or you're not going to get up right now. I invite you to pray. Um, Heidi McDonald had a heart attack last week and is going to have open heart surgery tomorrow. And so I would like us to, uh, to corporately for this minute, if you could pray for her and for that surgery and just for the family. So let's just take a minute. We serve a God who gave and so we with generosity give too. So, Robert, thank you. Thanks to the worship team. Good to, again, good to see faces and not speak to a phone. Do you know what it's like to talk to a phone every week? It's not much fun. It's not much fun. I mean, yeah, do you know what it's like to lead worship? I don't even know what it's like to lead worship to a phone, but, or a camera, even less fun. So, just to see faces is, uh, it's profoundly, profoundly awesome. So, um, all right, so welcome back. It's been too long, a long time, hasn't it? Can we have some like cheers for God, some yay God for like being back? Yeah, and I can't wait till a few weeks or a month later when that can be a deafening roar or something, but really it, it is so good to see people 
I don't know, a few weeks in to the, the thing, whatever we call it, the thing that will shall remain unnamed. Uh, <laughs> I came in one day, I think I had, it was a sermon day, Tuesday, where I usually go away and work, and I came back that day, and I don't know if all the staff did it, if it was, if it was all Melissa, but it, it probably, was it all you, Melissa, had printed off photos of church people, and they were all over the wall. you guys. And it, it was a lot easier. Still talking to a phone is not easy, but when there's pictures of people you love and care about, that makes it a lot easier. I had actually the first week, I don't know if you got the idea, but I had printed off a picture of an international student from Estonia who was watching us online. And I thought, I need to have a face to talk to. And I think it was my son who saw that, and then the next week, he had done this, and I didn't know when I came back, and he had taped up a picture of Joel Osteen up there (laughs) to uh, something for me to shoot for, to become the next. (laughs) So uh, that was just kind of funny, and that really lightened it up. That made it a lot easier that morning, or that afternoon, whenever that was, so... So again, we just want to welcome everybody back. It's great to be gathered as a community because we're created to live in community. Um, I think even us introverts learned pretty quickly on that there was just this feeling in your gut of something that wasn't right, and it was the fact that other than my family and the staff, and they're great, you just weren't seeing a lot of people that you cared about. And I think we all felt that and really deeply understand more profoundly how much we need each other working with internationals, you're working with people coming from group cultures instead of individual cultures. They value community so much more, and I learned that from them. And in this, I even learned even more how important it was at a very gut level. So um, it is really good, again, to see physical faces that are here. And also like to welcome everybody that's online that's watching us. I guess I'm supposed to look up there. I'm kind of new at this, uh, this televangelist gig kind of thing. Um, <laughs> I, Jason, I didn't, seminary, we didn't have televangelist 101, right? Didn't have that training. Um, so even though you can't be with us here, because I know that there is a different, uh, every, we have different risk levels, all of that, we're just really glad to have you guys. And so for all of you, if I'm staring up there, I'm not looking at the flags, I'm actually trying to talk to the camera some. Um, but, you know, Brent gave me a really cool analogy, because some of us here gathered here today, Right? And some of us aren't here and are gathered at home with us online, two different locations, but both of these hands belong to one body, right? And so whether you're here or whether you're at home, that we are all part of one body. So appreciate that image. That's really good. But I am looking, definitely looking forward to the day that we will all be gathered together again um, because we really definitely are better together. Uh, that is so true. I've always loved these shirts and I've loved the words and they're even more meaningful to me than before. Um, I could spend the rest of our time together thanking a lot of people, and I might divide this over the next few weeks, um, because even though we've been apart, we still have been functioning as a seeking to be a biblical community of kingdom people who are striving to be seeking to restoring all things back to God, one person, one place at a time, and a lot of ministry and stuff still got on. Every week, the Never Too Young were in here on Monday, preparing Tuesday cooking, feeding hundreds upon hundreds of people 
in our community. Some of you and some of you were drivers for them. Some of you did deliveries around town for people who were, who were shut-ins. Um, the staff was so great. I've said something about them before, but I'm going to continue to say that. They, you don't know how awesome these people are. They're the ones that made everything run. I mean, they just say, Garen, show up at this time. Here's your script. Would you read this to that camera right there? And would you look like this? Here, go to the Flint Hills today and shoot this video. Here's what I want you to say. Like, they, they ran the whole show. Uh, and you guys were just so indispensable. And I think we all got closer through that, and I'm so thankful to all of them. For people in worship who kept doing that, um, Bobby is in the house. Dude. He's the guy who put it all together every Saturday, so very grateful for that because um, I know he and Robert did a lot. We had bakers who were blessing people in the hospital, the police department. Um, small group leaders who kept meeting in Zoom, and it's not easy. You hit it out of the park. Youth leaders who kept meeting online with, with their students. Those who taught children online. Um, the disease that shall go unnamed task force that met. We're thankful for those guys. Um, again, those in this body who took meals to families, like with new babies or illness or things, a lot of meals were were made and delivered by people in this body and taken to people. So we're thankful for those people. Those who took for part in any format or any video that we put up, we appreciate your willingness. Because I know it is not easy to stand in front of a camera and do that. And so any of you that we invited that did that, thank you for, for that. Um, Rob Lowry, who, man, I mean, God sovereignly brought him, I mean, not to us, but kind of brought him up, and I won't tell you the story right now, but he has put in so much time to get us up and running and ready for online. Jonathan came in yesterday and put in a ton of hours to help him out, so I'm really thankful for those guys. Um, those things go totally unseen, but God sees. The deacons, for all the extra time they did, extra meetings, a lot of discussion. Those of you who sent small notes and encouragement to us, very much appreciated. So, okay. Now that we're done with the service, uh, after all that, if, um, so for those of you that are going to be here, if you want to read the text with me, if you want to pull out your, I'm not going to have it on the screen, so I, we probably can't get phones on our Bible, I mean Bibles on our phones, can we? And the Wi-Fi is maybe not working. Um, I, we're going to be in John. I was going to have you read along in the New Century Version. If you can get on your Bible app, just, you know, off your, not your Wi-Fi, but if you can get it off your phone signal. Get on the U version, the Bible app. Go to John 13, I believe it's 27. And, but I want you, the translation we're going to do this in is in the New Century Version. So you would need to click on translation and go to New Century Version. Just giving you um, a heads up on that. It, it's, actually, it's John 14, sorry. John 14, 27. So just a little heads up on that. For those of you that are online right now, if you can, I know Jordan mentioned it, but if you could get the Bible, the app, the church app on your phone, on that is a sermon notes button that you can click, and it had, had the reading we did, but it also has the scripture, so you can follow along with uh, what we're going to be doing in the New Century Version, so in John 14. And what we're doing is we're continuing our series on the boiler room, and on prayer, and on the importance of prayer, 
Thanks, Brent, last week for filling in. Great job. Loved what you taught. That was really cool. Dad did a good job, didn't he? And I got, a really, I, got, I got to make a really cool outtake video of him that only is between us, me and you guys, okay, that I know you guys got to see, but wait till you see all mine in a few weeks. Um, but thanks for that. He got to fill in because I had something else going on in my life. <laughs> a granddaughter, little Eleanor. Uh, to Josue and Ariel. Eleanor means God is our light. Isn't that a great name? May she be a light to the world. There she is. Thank you for that. For that. Oh, and another one of her. Isn't that great? So uh, I had to get that in, right? Somehow. So uh, Jordan usually get like two or three Maggie's. I think I got four, four Eleanors in that in those photos. So, um, but we are continuing that series in the boiler room and really trying to follow the rhythm of Jesus' life, who lived from Christ to community, the solitude to community to ministry, Christ's community cause, and prayer is all about abiding in Him and walking with Him, that up, in, and out, and prayer is about that up relationship. Um, And so, have been focusing on that topic of prayer, and my goal all along has been, I want to elevate the value of prayer, because I need it. I need the value of prayer upped in my own life. And so to kind of up that value, and we've been trying to give you some really concrete practices. So again, even from last week, Brent had that, I loved his so thatness thing, that your prayers being a prayer, and then this, not forgetting the so that. And so trying to give you guys proper, you know, some practical tools. And I'm doing this series, frankly, because I need it. That's what most sermon series are about. You know that? There are things that I need. And it's a way for me to grow. I need it. And because I really am aware that it is one of the most spiritual, difficult spiritual practices um, for people to practice. In my life, I hear it in a lot of other people's life. Mark Buchanan, read anything he wrote. He's one of my favorite authors. said that in my experience, personally and pastorally, few things in the Godward life puzzle and aggravate us more than prayer. And so just trying to, to, to elevate that discipline in our own hearts and minds and to just give some practices. And also doing it, I think, because I just really felt we need it right now. Do we not need it right now? Trust me, the leadership and the staff need your prayer right now. So many decisions, so many things change, things still could be changing, so we really are longing to have you guys pray. I liked last week when Brent talked about some dude who paid five bucks and something was worth like two million or I don't remember the dude's name. Um, And the idea that um, there was a hidden, something very valuable that he had no clue when he got it. And it reminded me of our own family. I think I've shared the story when somebody gave us, donated some stuff to us to sell in a yard sale to raise money for our ministry to international students. And Pat had an eye from watching Antiques Roadshow, saw a vase, thought it looked like the kind of thing you'd see on Antiques Roadshow, and found out something that they had bought for $6 at a yard sale was worth $4,000. We sold it for $4,040.40 on eBay on the woman's 40th birthday. It was what her husband gave her for her 40th birthday, and her 41st and 42nd, 43rd, all the way to 80, I think she said in the email. And, and we, di- we did tell the family who donated that, by the way, the value of that, and they still wanted us to have it. But the same thing, that many times we have something very valuable, and we don't even understand how valuable, and I really feel like prayer is that way, and I'm trying to live into it. 
And we're calling it uh, the boiler room because, as you've heard me say, that is, was the power source of so many things. And it really is the power source for the church. Ian Bound said, I think, I think Bob Jones likes this quote because he referenced it to me once. The church is looking for better methods. God is looking for better men. The Holy Spirit does not flow through methods but through men. He does not come on machinery but on men. He does not anoint plans but men, men of prayer. And I just want to hit today very briefly this idea of the synergy of word and prayer. They go together, the word and prayer. Like I was trying to think of things that go together. When I say they go together, how many of you thought of that thing from the 70s, that horrible like musical? Do you remember that? They go together, right? Right? Don, you remember that? Okay. But I didn't want to put that on here, but I just did it anyways. I think word and prayer go together like peanut butter and jelly, root beer and vanilla ice cream, cheese on a burger, right? Cheeseburger, chili and cinnamon rolls for all those of you who are from Kansas. And those who aren't, you still don't get it, but that's okay. We'll pray for you. Like 4th of July and homemade ice cream, like Thanksgiving and pecan pie, like championships and the Denver, Kansas City Chiefs, and the Kansas City Chiefs, yeah. Jim is shocked, the Chiefs, they got one. Uh, and that's why Paul in, in Ephesians 6, because the scripture we're using this series is Ephesians 6, 18, where he says, pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. And just before that, he says, take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So word and prayer go together. Um, Daniel, when I talked about him a few weeks back, he had that prayer in chapter 9 twice, quoted the word of God in his prayer. And I really feel like that, that daily time with God, the thing we call quiet time, word and prayer going together, that they're tied together, um, and they, they belong together. And as I mentioned in one of the things, I think when I talked about the acrostic pray, that that what I read frequently is the, the kindling for what I pray afterwards. My adoration of God comes out of the reading. But not only do I, my prayer follow my reading and my reading will influence it, maybe my confession even comes out of something I read, like, Lord, oh, I'm not doing good at that. I confess that, would you help? So my prayer is kind of on the back end, but I also pray before, so prayer frames my reading of the Word. And it happened last week, and that's what I want to share with you, last Monday, in fact. Last weekend, maybe even the whole week before, my spirit got really, I don't know, can I say jacked up in a church, messed up? It was really messed up internally last weekend, and it, there was just a lot of things, a lot of upheaval going on, a lot of uncertainty, right, and just other stuff, and I came to Monday morning, and I'm like, I still felt that, and um, I sat down, and I opened the Word, and right now going through the New Testament, with my quad guys, and I opened to Monday's reading, and it was John 14, 27, 27 to 15, 27. I'm not going to read all of that, and as I do when I sit down, I simply ask God, again, framing it with prayer, Lord, I'm needing you to speak to my heart today because I'm, I'm, my spirit's really messed up, and frankly, I don't want to enter into the rest of this day this way. I don't want the rest of my week to feel like this. Okay, and no guarantees that he's going to answer, okay? I come to the, that prayer before the word to me is always a prayer of um, expectancy, that God very well may meet me in a profound way, but not expectation. I can't demand that he does it. Sometimes I pray that and it doesn't happen, but I came Monday to the word and I said, Lord, my spirit's not good. 
speak to me. Here's what I read. And if you just want to listen, you can. In John 14, 27, Jesus said, I leave you peace, my peace, I give you. I do not give it to you as the world does, so don't let your hearts be troubled or afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going, but I am coming back to you. If you love me, you should be happy that I am going back to the Father because he is greater than I am. I've told you this now before it happens so that when it happens, you will believe. I will not talk with you much longer because the ruler of this world is coming. He has no power over me, but the world must know that I love the Father, so I do exactly what the Father told me to do. Come now, let us go. Probably as they were walking um, out of... out from the city to Gethsemane and would have passed the temple with the divine imagery all over it. He then says, I am the true vine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that does not produce fruit. And he trims and cleans every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce even more fruit. You are already clean because of the words I've spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. A branch cannot produce fruit alone but must remain in the vine. In the same way, you cannot produce fruit alone. You must remain in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. If, you rem- if any remains in me, and I remain in them, then they will produce much fruit. But without me, they can do nothing. If any do not remain in me, they are like a branch that is thrown away and then dies. People pick up dead branches, throw them into the fire, and burns them. If you remain in me and follow my teachings, you can ask anything you want and it will be given to you. You should produce much fruit and show that you are my followers, which brings glory to my Father. I loved you as the Father loved me. Now remain in my love. I have obeyed my Father's commands and I remain in His love. In the same way, if you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. I have told you these things so that you can have the same joy I have so that your joy will be the fullest possible joy. Love one another. The greatest love a person can show is to die for his friends. You are are my friends if you do what I command you. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I call call you friends because I have made known to you everything I heard from my father. You did not choose me, I chose you, and I gave you this work to go and produce fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you anything you ask for in my name. This is my command, love each other. And as I read that, okay, I don't know what, when you heard that, what you heard, or if you read along, but as I read that, here's how God profoundly spoke to me. Three words. Peace, at the beginning I circled them. I think three times, joy in the middle, three times, love at the end, seven times, love, joy, and peace. Now, here's why that was so profound for me, because if you put it in context, one of the teachings I did online staring at a phone was about living into holy uncertainty, right? Learning to to be able to live without control, having to have control of everything. Because as I said, because I know this personally, to you guys, to people online. If you have a problem with control, if you have high control need in your life, high control always leads to high fear because when things are not in control, you get high sadness, you get high anger, you get high fear. That's what comes out of that. 
And so I talked about the idea of living with great levels of, uh, to be able to live with holy uncertainty, to say, God, I don't have it, I don't have control in this world that seems an upheaval right now, but you do, and I can live with the uncertainty. Even the uncertainty of like, what was this week going to be like? Were we going to get the cameras in time? How many are going to show up? There was just so much uncertainty. And I knew, and so I, that, when I talked about that, what I had said specifically, if I were to, let me find it in here, what I had said that day was, um, I know this, here's what I said, from tons of personal experience in the spiritual life, control is incompatible, incompatible with love, joy, and peace. And that was still in my mind from God having spoken to me through that week. And then I read this on a day when my spirit's all messed up because of a lot of uncertainty and a lot of other things going on in my life and in Emporia and in the world. And I read this and God, so, the Spirit so clearly said to me, I mean, I hit the text, the love, joy, peace text, and He so profoundly spoke to my soul. Steve and I, this week, we've been, we finished up a book we're doing together, and I want to read something he said about peace that, that really fits this. The author said, peace or shalom, it's not merely the absence of conflict, but it is the presence of the Trinity who leads to harmony, wholeness, completeness, prosperity, welfare, and tranquility. And me reading that text and those words, the Spirit just gave me, just calmed my spirit. And part of the reason is because I wasn't just reading the words. I was reading the Word of God, which is powerful and active. And the Spirit of God was meeting me in that time. Because that's what quiet time is about, right? Is meeting with Him to abide with Him. And in me meeting with Him, He interacted with me. The Trinity is the one who brought that harmony, wholeness, completeness, prosperity, tranquility. He brought that into my soul, speaking directly to me from the context of my life into my need at that time. And so my little prayer at the beginning that was simply, Lord, I need you to speak into my life right now, today, please. And again, he, it doesn't happen every time. It's not a magic pill. It's not a silver bullet. But again, I experience to me the connection in my own life and a reminder that word and prayer go together. Word and prayer always go together. I pray before the Word. I take in the Word. That leads to more prayer. And I experienced that. And I just wanted to share you guys that. Is to be in the Word every day. Please. Spend that time with God. Talk to Him beforehand. Tell Him what you need. Get in the Word. It may not answer everything you need at that time. But if you are in that habit daily, over time, things accumulate. And things He told you a month ago end up aligning with something today that you need if you've been meeting with him. And I was thinking, what if Monday, because Monday was a busy day, Mondays are always busy. Don't Mondays feel crazy? They've been so crazy busy. I could have easily said, you know what, not today, not this morning, I'll save it till tonight. But if I had not done that, I would have missed the thing that God wanted to speak into my life through prayer and the word. So that's just a challenge. Let us all be making sure we have prayer and word in our life. Not by, as an end of themselves, but just as a way to meet with God. And I read somebody this week who just said that um, in times of uncertainty and upheaval and all of that, um, here, let me find it. That's the wrong page. Um, I really went off notes today. They said, I might have to find that on my phone. Hold on. It was actually a very profound thing that fit with this. Um, 
Here's what he said. He was talking about the idea of fear and sadness that come in uncertainty. And he said, you have to starve your fear by feeding your faith. The way you starve your fear is you have to feed your faith. And faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? You have to feed your faith. And then he said this that really was, I, hit me. Put more peace-inducing material into your mind than fear-inducing material. In other words, we ought to be reading a lot more of this than all the headlines of COVID or what else is going on. Doesn't mean I'm not up to date in the world, but we need to be putting more peace-inducing material into our minds than fear-inducing. We need to be putting more faith-inducing material into our minds than that fear-inducing material. We need to be putting more joy-inducing material into our minds than sadness or despair-inducing material. We need to be putting more love-inducing material into our minds and our hearts than the stuff that's out there. Because I'm telling you, if you get focused on what's going on around us, that doesn't lead to love, joy, and peace, does it? And so, that's all. I just want to challenge you to be daily meeting with God in prayer and word, prayer and word, prayer and word. Keep them together. Keep them together. Okay. We good with that? Yeah. Thanks for just letting me share an experience that I had this week of that. And so, it's, I think it's time to worship again. Uh, by the way, I had to bring Haddon, uh, Charles Spurgeon with me today. He's been with me through all of my online sermons, and I didn't feel quite normal if he wasn't up here, up here this week with me. So, all right, I'm going to call the worship team up here, and we're gonna, we are going to finish with um, a time of worship. And as they're coming, by the way, a, a good application, we still have online on the church's webpage under Boiler Room, we still have the prayer initiative, and there is that, that prayer watch is there, and we still have, you can sign up just to pray for an hour. Don't pray for an hour. Just sign up for an hour. If you just prayed for 10 minutes, if you just signed up, and if you put it on your phone at 9 a.m. on Tuesday, you're going to pray for the church, and if you just do it for 10 minutes, can you imagine if all day, every day, from 6 to 10, somebody was praying on the hour, whatever. I mean, it's not magic, but so please get on and do that. We really are needing your prayers. We feel that. So that would be a good application. So jump back on that. And I think we are ready to, to worship God. If you haven't been able to worship in giving yet, on the way back you can hit the baskets. But that again is a way we continue to worship. So is he worthy? Is he worthy? Is he worthy? He is. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. So, Father, we offer you praise this morning. We thank you that through all of this you have not changed and that your people, your, your church, this community of people who follow you, that we um, continue to be your people. And thank you that we're able to be back together again. And, Lord, we just want you to be famous through all of creation, be famous in our own lives. Help us, call us daily to time with you. You are our daily bread. We need you so desperately. We pray this in the name of Jesus because it's all all about him. It's all because of him. Amen. All right. Hey, you can hang and talk for a few minutes, probably in about 15, if we could get you to maybe moving out to the breezeway. I trust you guys to do the appropriate thing, what you need to do. But yeah, hang in here for a little bit. But in about 15, if we could clear it to give room for the next group to come in safely. So great seeing you this morning. You are sent.